It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Now it's time for the rant of the day. I don't mean to offend. Gonna say it anyway. Oh, fuck, man. Another rant of the day. This is ridiculous. I'm not allowed to say that all lives matter. I'm not allowed to say it. I wasn't allowed to put it as a header on my Twitter. My wife got upset with me. She sent me to um, a link to Seth Rogen's uh, Instagram berating everybody that doesn't focus on Black Lives Matter. And I understand this is a moment where we need to, to focus on Black Lives Mattering. But why, I, I don't understand why the, the language has to be... Um, it upsets me that the language gets commandeered, you know? And the hand signs get commandeered. Like, you can't say okay anymore. Can't say okay, you know, <laughs> you can't fucking, it's just associated with too many other things. Can't even say peace, can't even say, it's just like, yeah. but when I put All Lives Matter up, I wasn't supporting it, the assholes, obviously. I was obviously oblivious to the idea, but... I think what you, you you can't. I I understand what Seth is doing. He's trying to make people focus that. We got to focus on this right now. This is important to focus on. But. I have to say, now I'm not defending. I don't know what's on anyone's mind, but what's on my mind is, like I look at the headlines and I see, for example. I was looking at the Twitter feed today and what prompted me to, to put up All Lives Matter is I was reading this story about this this elephant, this pregnant elephant who was this benevolent soul who was fed uh, pineapple uh, filled with firecrackers and it, uh, it went off in its mouth and it it died. What's up, babe? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Kids are going nuts in there. <sighs> anyway, this poor elephant died. It got to me. And um, it made me think, man, all lives matter, damn it. All lives and yes, Black Lives Matter. And if they those lives really did matter, then they wouldn't put other black lives in jeopardy um, by, you know, violent rioting. That's my 
understanding of it. I've seen a lot of videos where there's a lot of uh, um, black people getting getting hurt. Some cops, yeah. But but the majority are the the people riding. <laughs> and so I think if people I don't know, if they emotionally understood that all life matters. But how but how do you how do you you can't you can't just hashtag that. You can't just say hashtag you know, umbrella you know, love thy fellow man and woman. Someone's gonna get offended. Um, you can't. You can't just do. You can't just say blanket statements anymore. That's why you need people like Martin Luther King Jr. and people who are gonna make amazing speeches that get through to people, or, or hopefully get through to people. People that can speak to your soul. All the short speak hashtag, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously all lives matter. The fact that I would have to even say that, <laughs> it's like really upsetting. Yes, right now, in this moment, black lives matter. Black lives, I mean, that just sounds crazy. Black lives always matter. <laughs> they always matter. It's not just now. oh crap I'm worried what's most troublesome is that when you can't speak on something with passion when you can't speak on something with you know conviction because the it's a minefield you know it's a it's a politically correct minefield out there um where even the good and powerful and positive terms have been commandeered uh, by um, negative forces. It's, it's, yeah, man, I, I, I'm not going to shut up. I feel like I, there are people that would want me to. I just can't. I, I know that, that it's, it's, it's a it's bigger it's bigger than it's bigger than just one race it's the human race and it's even bigger than that it's 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 life all all life matters you know plants insects animals everything on the freaking chart that has a heartbeat. Anything that... Anything that breathes, you know, photosynthesis included, I think we have to understand that. And then there wouldn't be riots and there wouldn't be police brutality. But... Fuck, how do you say that in a hashtag? How do you say how do you say that? How do you say that in a, a Twitter banner? Hey. Calling all astral projectors. 
Calling all astral projectors. Now it's time for Tales from Beyond the Veil. Right. Tales from Beyond the Veil. Whoa. <laughs> How's it going? Um, the next guest we have up here is a man named Napier Martin. Let me give you a little preface here. I heard about this guy's story and I had to seek him out. Supposedly, this is his his deal. He was a part of a very well-off family. And um, one day he started hearing voices in his head. <laughs> and they were telling him to shave his head and go to Australia. Shave his head and go to Australia. And he... Th- very rightly so, thought he was going crazy. And his family disowned him. And he was about to, like, fucking blow his own head off. Like, he was going to put a shotgun in his mouth because it was just driving him crazy. And then then he actually kind of said to himself, you know what, what if I actually shaved my head and went to Australia? So he fucking shaves his head. <laughs> he goes to Australia. I'm, I'm, this is all in a nutshell. And it's giving him coordinates. This voice is telling him exactly where to go on a beach in Australia. So the voice in his head is getting louder and louder. He, and then the next thing you know is he walks up onto the beach on the day, on the date, at the place. And who walks up to him but the guy, this Aborigine guy. And that is, and he's speaking with the voice inside Napier's head. It's, he was the voice in Napier's head. And the guy walks up to him and he says... Oh, you made it. And um, Napier's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we've been uh, we've been on the beach praying for you to come. And here you are. And um, so basically he parties with these Aborigines. They, they give him the download about um, how the Cretaceans, all the dolphins and the whales, uh, have been telling them... <laughs> Uh, to reach out to and find somebody that would be a uh, a mediator um, between uh, the humans and the the whales, the great mediator, and that's supposedly Napier. So Napier parties with these Aborigines. They're out on the beach. They're at this. They have this like bonfire. They're getting wasted, and Napier's like, "Enough! I can't party anymore. I'm going to go." And lie down in my tent. He goes in his tent and he falls asleep and he has this quote unquote dream that he jumps out of his body. Okay, he has this astral dream. He jumps out of his body into the air, uh, out of the tent, and flies directly into the ocean. And he's going into the ocean, he's freaking out. And then suddenly he's able to breathe and he looks around and he sees he's surrounded by a pod of whales. And the whales are like looking him right in the eye, and they do some kind of mind meld with him, um, where they download some kind of information to him about their species, about what's happening with the wildlife. This was a couple of years ago about uh, you know coral reefs and you know all sorts of stuff. And um, he takes this information here, and and then he starts freaking out. He was like, "Why? Well, I, what? I, I, what am I supposed to do with this information? What is happening right now? Like, what am I doing under the ocean? You know, what's going on?" And the whale basically says, um, okay, you need time, you know, to digest this information. So 
The next thing he knows, he jumps back out of the water, flies back into his body, and he instantly wakes up um, and, you know, from his dream. And Napier, he throws on a robe and he walks out and he has to tell somebody about the dream. And he walks out and he sees the Aborigines still, you know, sitting around the, the dying embers of the bonfire. And he walks up and he walks up to the, to the guy whose voice that he heard in his head all those years. And he says, you won't believe what just happened to me. And they were, and they say, they turn to him and they say, Oh, we know, we saw your spirit jumped right out of your body, right out of the tent, and it flew into the ocean, and we, we, we assumed you were communing with the whales. What did they say to you? <laughs> and Napier says, oh, hold on a minute. You saw my body? He's like, yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. You, it was like a, a, an orange orb. Your soul was like an orange glowing orb. And you, it jumped out of your body, shot into the air, and shot right down into the depths of the ocean. Um, and then, about ten minutes ago, it shot right back out again in the ocean and went right back into your tent. And so we expected you to come out and tell us what was going on. So here you are, what's going on? And so that's his fucking story. Um, he's supposed to, uh, and he's had several different, uh, incidents where he's, incidents where he's connected with dolphins, connected with whales, they've danced for him, they've waved to him, they've given him signals, um, and he has slowly come to grips with the fact that he's supposed to be their, um, you know, the whales negotiator, you know, he's their, he's supposed to be their mouthpiece for society, so we're going to catch up with Napier and see where he's at. Um, this should be interesting. Napier, Napier Mutton, <laughs> king of the wild frontier. I know, man. I know. I, I could have done a Zoom, but I, I usually do that on my wife's computer. and uh, She's got that at the moment. Um, and it's also hard to maneuver these things with the, I got two kids, so it's like, got to maneuver it around their bedtime and stuff, but dude, I'm really excited to talk to you. Well, listen, how I can hell, do this. How are you? I'm, I'm okay, actually. Uh, much better, thank you. Uh, I mean, I can do it any time this evening if you want to do it later, or I'm happy to do it now. This is, this is the time right here. You're just not going to let me go, are you? Well, not now that I have you. Now that you have me, I'm never, never going to let you go. Well, how are you keeping? I'm good, man. Kay, uh, you remember Kay last time I interviewed you? Um, she says hi. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, uh, Kaylee. Oh, I Dinsdale, had her number yeah. for ages. Dinsdale, that's right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is she, she, in, um, she in New York? She's out in California, and she's been going to the protests, and she's getting worn thin from all this. And um, you know, it's uh, it's it's crazy out there. Um, last Unspeakable. Time, yeah. Uh, what? Well, what are your thoughts on on what's going on right now? La last time I talked to you <clears throat> briefly. Um, when, you, when we had to reschedule, you said we got to get our act together.
because we only got four years left. What what did you mean by that? Uh, well, I think it's a the, the level of uh, stimuli uh, and the the level of stimulation and the number of stimuli with which we are being tortured really is, I mean, almost beyond belief. I mean, if you pick any sphere of human activity, we're in deep trouble. Uh, I mean, if I pluck one out of the air, uh, the Chinese have 12,000 pelagic fishing boats and uh, they're fishing in international waters beyond anyone's control and they are emptying the oceans. So there's just one aspect, one small aspect of the problems that we're facing in the oceans. Uh, okay. Our hearts and minds and souls are being assailed by, um, I, I, think, I think it'd be quite fair to say, you know, forces of darkness. Human behavior <clears throat> seems to be out of control. Um, we seem to want to make more and more weapons, more and more sophisticated weapons to kill one another, uh, which I find extraordinary because it's done with our tax money. I mean, I never asked anyone to build a nuclear bomb on my behalf or a hypersonic rocket that's going to be even faster and bigger and better than anyone else's. It's bonkers. And I think it's indicative of the fact that we've probably never, ever been shown how to think and how to be human for many, for, for, for many hundreds of years. So uh, whether we are able to pull back from the brink of total self-destruction will remain to be seen. Oh, OK. What, uh, OK. Um, oh, by the way, I'm not why a pessimist. You... Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm absolutely not a pessimist. I think I think the important thing is to see the, uh, the 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 problems that we have. I mean, if I bring it down to a little local story here, I'm, uh, down here in the south of England, you know, the sun came out. Uh, there was a slight easing of uh, these re extraordinary lockdown rules that have been uh, promulgated here. So uh, hundreds of people turned up to one of the most beautiful beaches in Dorset, having been cooped up for two months, and instead of going out and celebrating nature and being in the sun and rejoicing at company and swimming and all the rest of it when they left the beach was trashed all the detritus of human activity just spread there and left as if somebody was going to magically come along and take it away you know it ends up of course being the ocean uh, so we've got ourselves into a terrible twist about failing to understand that we are of nature and live in nature and uh, that's really to our and the earth's great detriment but I am, an, I am an optimist, I really am an optimist I think the whole thing is, the whole point of this escapade is to see if we've got the nuts and the wherewithal to realise what we're doing and step out of it into you know, a new view of ourselves and where we are and, and what we are, because it's all being done at the expense of everything else, it seems, but us. You do get me going, you know, Dan. You really do. I know. I, I know. <laughs> and what, but why, 
Well, why do you why why did you put a timer on it? Why do you think we only got four years? <clears throat> I suppose it could be six. It could be two. Uh, I can't say that I have any kind of inside information that anything in particular is going to happen within four years. That would be my guesstimate at the point at which there is going to be some sort of reckoning if we carry on the way we do. I don't know that I'm plucking, I'm, I'm taking my own considered guess at the situation as I look at it. You know, these, these are such volatile times, you know. I mean, you're absolutely, you, I mean, you could be absolutely right. I mean, the, I don't um, even, I don't even know what that, what, you know, we've got four years even means. I mean, the problem I mean, is. To but, me, I interpret that as, I interpret that as, you know, the point of no return, you know. Um, you think we've passed where, the point of no return? No, I think that. I still don't think we have. I think we're, you know, how, you know, when they say that we're, I think we're like uh, a minute or two to to midnight here. That's for sure. Um, because I just look at this from a, a point of view of someone who has gone down rabbit holes of conspiracy, has written, you know, books based on. Uh, those conspiracies and then seeing those conspiracies um, instantly come to fruition in the headlines uh, mm. almost um, almost you know instantaneously where I'm, I look at something and I go oh okay that's you know that's classic uh, you know um, that's divide you know, and classic Divide and divide and conquer scenario. This is yeah. a classic, uh, you know. Um, this is this is just. I just I just see it for what it is, and it's been going on since. It's the playbook of uh, kings and queens since the beginning of time. Yeah, you know, you, you yeah. Steering the herd for your uh, for your needs, and then it's it's um, uh, you know problem response solution where you mm. now. You know, I don't. I don't know how conspiratorially you get, and, and but I, I just do the math. And you're in England, Dan. We say we we say maths in England. Yeah, <laughs> I do the math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I'm, I I just look at it, and and in all of these scenarios, it doesn't add up. And then, but I'm looking at it, and I see it. it I, I, I'm calculating it fairly quickly now. And I think that the rest of the public is. And then you suddenly start seeing it on the mainstream media where you're just like, whoa, they're, they're, they're seeing through this too. What is, what's happening to society and the, 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 sh the show that they, they, that they have shown us that the veneer started to break away during nine 11, um, now it's like totally see-through. It's like I think a, a lot of the uh, the public is looking at something like the virus, something like the riot, riots, and going, "Wait a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! What is this? 
If I watched a TV show, I'd like, I feel like we just turned the channels, you know, it's just like, you know. But we're uh, in a minority. What? Yeah. We're in a minority. That's the, that is the problem. Uh, we are? We are. Yeah. I, I really do. I think people who are seeing through the, seeing that the emperor is utterly naked, uh, are still in a minority. I think uh, just the way people have leapt to attention and followed uh, the rules of this, um, you know, most recent iteration of uh, corporate and government takeover in the form of um, the coronavirus. You know, I mean, I mean, say, I'm, oh, I'm, you know, well, you know, yeah. this awful expression, the, the new normal. Well, the new normal is that we have quite willingly walked into. Uh, being dehumanized through separation, not being able to see each other's faces, suspecting everyone else of carrying the disease, and therefore uh, you know, they're unclean, when in fact, of course, we ought to, ought to be rubbing shoulders and, and, and getting it, if it really even exists, uh, uh, so that we can get through it. I mean, to bring the world to its economic knees, uh, you know, at the expense of... Uh, millions of people, small businesses and get up and go and all of that is, is, is criminal. I mean, just criminal. But all of this is asking us to look at ourselves and make the changes that are essential if, well, humanity is going to survive. The Earth will survive, but it will only survive, of course, with um, <clears throat> the mark of our history here in the form of the damage we've done and the damage that would of course ensue if humanity did uh, die back to such an extent that one lost all the expertise to deal with nuclear power stations, weapons again um, you know everything from fuel dumps to arms dumps, you name it will all be left here to moulder I can't think that the earth is going to enjoy that very much Yeah, so that recently. Anyway, I mean, uh, fascinating times. Yes, I saw that Ruffalo movie recently where it's like um, the, uh, what is it, like C888, which is like carbon, it's like a Frankenstein carbon molecule that was the, the military created to make tanks out of it, and then they started to put it into fucking Teflon pans. And gee, now for some reason it's in the goddamn, you know, uh, it's in everyone's uh, DNA. It's in the fish. It's in fucking, you know. Um, All so for our convenience, because we must have things <laughs> streamlined and convenient. Oh, my egg slips out of the pan. I don't have to scrape it. Well, you, no, you, you look at, some, you look at like, some of the things. Look at some of the things yeah. that are being sold on Instagram. Uh, my favorite the other day was a, and they're all plastic. Was a little widget that you put an egg in, plastic, and you pull a string very quickly, you whirl it round and round and round, and uh, and you pour it out, you've got instant scrambled egg. I mean, what happened to a fork and a china bowl? And all of this accumulates and accumulates and accumulates because it can't go anywhere. It's almost immortal. I mean, hard plastic is, you know, for all intents and purposes, immortal. And as you say, Teflon. I can't remember the I can't remember the scientific word for it. But it was Dupont that went and wrecked an entire town in is it West Virginia or upstate New York. 
I forget. And when the class lawsuits look like they're about to grab them right round the throat, they wind up the company and open it up under another name. And in fact, that's what I was going to just mention earlier. The, the real battle we have is not with government. It's with corporations. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so every time, so these are the revelations, right? <laughs> That's why these are the shit. Is that why it's called revelations? But these are the revelations. Mm. You fucking, it's it's uh, you know from the sitting down lockdown. Um, suddenly pollution goes away and you have to reflect on that. You have to reflect on our imprint. That's one huge thing that came out of it. The the riots, that man, that dirty cop had his knee or whatever he was, you know, he was trained, he was part of the system. I, I wonder, um, you know, I, I wonder how many times he's done that. And, and, what? and, <sighs> His neck, his knee thinking? on that, his knee on his knee on George Floyd's neck. Um, you have to reflect on that. You have to say that's that's if we let this go any further. Not not only is it going to to not only the the Black Lives Matter. Not only that. But that's 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 going to be everyone's lives all under under that knee if we go the way of I was having I'm sorry, I was having this I was having this argument with my wife. She got she got very upset with me. I said all lives matter and she she said, Well, you know, fucking you know, some assholes have got, commandeered that because they're saying they're trying to you know, to um, minimize the Black Lives Matter movement. I was like, fuck, I can't say all lives matter. And I was thinking, because I saw this thing about this, this poor fucking, like, all the, all these, all the animals that are just being fucking slaughtered. It's like, it's like, yes, Black Lives Matter. Yes. Like fucking life matters. Every fucking thing, everything yeah. with a bloodstream, everything that breathes matters, man. Everything matters. Yeah, um, I agree. But how do you? And, but how do you? But and and how do well, you? Say, well, politics. And, and well, politics. How do you say, but how do you? But hold on, hold on. But the the, yeah, the looting, the looting, and the um, the the rioting, which people they're already saying are being steered by some assholes that are out of undoubtedly. And it's all. It's, it looks. You look at a map of it, and it, it looks like it's organized and. How people, when they're inside of it and they feel like, fuck, this fucking city owes me something, you know, how is that justice for, for Floyd and if you, you and for, for George Floyd? And then if you delve deeper, which the, just to make the final point I'm trying to make here, if you delve deeper into what the, the news is not focusing on, it's not focusing on, there's like footage of his 
family and his wife uh, saying, this is, please stop rioting. This is, this is the opposite of what George wanted. He was, a, he was a fucking security guard. You know, he would be standing in front of one of those stores guarding it while you people are trying to get in. That's my point. Yeah. And I agree with you uh, 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 wholeheartedly. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't um, I'd imagine you would agree with me. I mean, we can't actually imagine the deprivation that so many people have to put up with. So I think when the angry button is pressed, uh, there is no control. And I feel like endeavoring to find some form of revenge or release from uh, what yeah. it is they've witnessed. They, yes, I get that. But that is also history, history repeating itself. And it, it, if you if you were um, the type of person, the type, the um, an organization that was trying to control the mob for your nefarious purposes, you say, "All right, light the fuse here, light the fuse there. Let's steer this fucking crowd. Let's get mm. some, you know, let's get a race war going here, and um, and make it look a lot worse than it has to be, so you can fucking lock it down further. Yeah, further law. lockdown. Yeah." And then that's it. It's technocracy. It's you know, uh, everyone that was fucking rioting. We have your we we have facial recognition. We know who you are. You're on a fucking list. Contact tracing for the rest of your life, asshole. It, that's it. It's like you will not be receiving just, any credits this month for your behavior. Yeah, yeah you won't be. Able well, to, I mean, uh, what we're what we're looking at is uh, China today being introduced around the world. I mean, one world government. Cashless society, chipped people, we'll only tell you if you're allowed to travel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I've never really quite understood what the point of this is. I'm not quite sure I really understand the reasoning behind wanting to suppress human endeavor and, and, and self-understanding and, uh, uh, you know, all of these things that we're really here to get to grips with. You know, why are we here and who are we? Uh, so there, I mean, it is, it, it is more than just a battle for the streets. It is the battle for our minds and our souls. And I think there's very, very dark stuff, very dark esoteric stuff going on. And uh, I don't know, I, 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 I suppose I'm, I'm powerless to do anything except to um, try and keep myself uh, in clarity and self-understanding. What okay. think you on that? No, no, that's a definite, uh, definitely an excellent segue into this next section here. Um, um, I, you know, I, I, I gave you an introduction, um, which was a summary of your adventures getting to Australia and astral projecting with the whales, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Jess, was it Jess? Uh, who told me about that? I remember I was on the first Fantastic Beast movie. God, it was like that's a long time ago already. And um, one of the girls on it said that she knew you, and she told me your story. And I was like, I, I have to meet this guy. And so I gave them the recap. I kind of want to just, you know, touch on aspects of that story 
but also I know that when we did that much longer interview, which I'll, I'll put in some, some show down the line because it was fucking fascinating. Did about three hours with, with, for the audience. I did about three hours with Napier and he told me this whole, the whole story and he's told me, and hopefully we'll get into some of the other um, astral adventures here. Um, so first of all, let me ask you something. Let me tell me if this resonates with you. So, you're, so your name, you ever, you, you know what your name means? What Napier? Napier Martin. Uh, my understanding of what Napier means is a maker of linen. Okay. Do you have maker a? Do you have linen. a? Do you have a? Do you have a much more sparkly uh, thought on that? Well, I have. Um, well, yeah, mine is that it was the, 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 I got servants of the house and that, you know, definitely dealt with, with, um, linens and, and making sure that things were mm. fastidious. Well, the, the name, the name Stuart is, um, very much to do with, uh, the keeper of the house as in Steward. Of so course. the Scottish name, the Scottish name, Scottish name Stuart. Um, and Stuart have the same root. And my third name is uh, also uh, a derivation of um, Stuart. So there, there's a lot of butling going on. Amazing. That's incredible. So I, I feel like, okay, just go with me here. Yeah. Your last name, Mar- your last name, Martin. Yes. Means of, means of Mars. Excellent. How fantastic. Okay. So, right? And so your name, essentially, the haiku of your name is Servant of the House of Mars. Wow. Thank you for that. What does that mean to you? Well, uh, I'm also born under Aries as well, which is uh, associated with Mars. Well, Mars... Mars is always um, considered to be the god of war, but that could be mistaken. When you know, it's make, maybe it's the god of uh, stirring things up. I see it in the extraterrestrial sense. Like uh, I don't know if there was any like you know past lives or something, man. Because you're so I don't know. Well, we could we we could go down some rabbit holes here. Uh, I mean, yes. I'm aware, yeah, I'm not aware of any uh, 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 Martian input per se, but I've certainly uh, met met um, some uh, beings from off Earth. I've had quite a few encounters. Whether they were Martian or not, I don't know. But they were all very benign and uh, of great assistance. In fact, one in Australia was getting me out of a, a particularly frightening situation. Uh, another time, which I subsequently discovered after talking with some uh, Native, uh, Native American friend of mine, where you get taken into this uh, huge, very plain cathedral-like vault that appeared to be made of granite and, uh, I mean, vast. And then 
completely empty and undecorated, except right in the middle of it is a granite slab uh, that I was laid on. And this happened many times, actually. Uh, and this being comes in and with the end of his finger slices me from behind my head all the way down my midline between my legs and breaks my body open and then uh, proceeds to uh, rub certain parts of my insides and then closes me up again and, you know, uh, wake up back in bed. And I've mentioned this to somebody and they said, oh, how, how fantastic. Um, we call that baraka, which means uh, blessing. And then in uh, Aboriginal culture, that's called crystal rubbing. So that you, uh, you, the, the crystals that they put into you are helping you tune in to things so that you become like a transceiver. But where, where that being came from, I have no idea. Okay, okay I have no idea. I would like to kind of go tit for tat, you know, different stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me, tell me. Okay, first of all, okay, so I I, I just want to – this is our connection. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. But um, – well, well, foolishly, we've um, only ever, ever actually met once. And yeah. If you're in London, when, when this uh, – blanket is thrown off uh, uh either you you come down to the country or i'll uh come up and see you yeah. in london because it would be absolutely fabulous to see you again i'm in west hampstead uh right now so you know I'm <laughs> my my location is secret <laughs> oh okay i'm i, I just no, I'm, learning in, it. I'm in wiltshire i'm I, i'm in wiltshire a hop skip oh, and okay. a jump and just actually bouncing back to other subjects, I think it was a cousin of your wife who I know. Oh, interesting. Probably. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I can't remember I, I, who it is. Okay. Well, maybe it'll come to you and then we'll be like, holy shit. That's yeah. the missing link with all of it. Yes, the linchpin. <laughs> um, so... Okay, so the idea is this. Um, now, you are connected with... I always fuck this up. Cretaceans? Cretaceans? Cetaceans. Right? Dolphins? Say it again. Uh, dolphins, whales, and porpoises, yes. Are cetaceans or... or cetaceans. C-E-T-A-C-E-A-N-S. Okay, cetaceans. Okay, so... This is this is this is wild, man. I um so back in 2012, back um, uh, I had my I don't know if I ever discussed this with you. Um, I don't know if I ever discussed this with you. Back in 2012, I had this kind of uh, spiritual awakening. Okay, and um, so what happened was, long story short, this. Uh, I mean, she's the most powerful psychic I've ever met. I mean, I guess aside from, I guess aside from you, but uh, she, um, actually, there there've been a bunch, <laughs> but yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, she aligned my chakras, and in such a way that it really opened up my third eye, 
long story short, I was walking around for the next like week, next three days, basically walking around Manhattan, looking at the architecture of Manhattan and just seeing all the sacred geometry and seeing the pyramids and just being like, Whoa, what's, what's really going on. And then this is like the real beginning, you know, of the, of the going deeper down the rabbit hole from conspiracy to like real spiritual stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what is going on with me? Am I having some kind of, you know, like, uh, like a breakdown here or something? Cause I was just floating, you know, like I was fully open to my, like my, my chakras were wide the fuck open. And I was just like, I was like, am I going to be like this forever? You know? And uh, so I said, give me a sign. Just give me a sign. Let me know, you know, where this, these, this is coming from, this, this message is coming from. Because she said that she, this, this psychic said that her connection, her guides are part of the galactic council. Okay. And now, you know, whatever, whatever that means to you. Um, so I'm sitting there going, you know, what is the Galactic Council? Where, where, who is she talking to? And what is this message? They, that they collect your esoteric tax dollars. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I go, I don't know what that means. We'll think, go through that in a second. But uh, so I look around. I ask for a sign from God, from the universe. I was like, what? Am I going nuts? What is going on? And all I see over and over and over again is Sirius B, Sirius B, Sirius B, in signs, in buses passing, over and over again for like five minutes, Sirius B, Sirius B. I was like, all right, Sirius B, I get it. So it took me a while, but I finally did research. You know, obviously Sirius B and Sirius A are part of the Orion star system. Yeah. And um, so... But check this out, dude. You, you probably know this, right? Okay. Um, the dolphins of Sirius B. The dolphins of Sirius B. Venus frequency DNA activation. Masters. The dolphin and whale are incredible beings that bring tremendous crystalline light the planet these cetaceans are highly evolved intelligent beings from Sirius B or on the earth to assist mankind in exquisite ways and resonate well beyond your current knowledge and imagination okay um, I'll I'll keep reading these beautiful these beautiful beings perform a myriad of roles among most important of which is anchoring the light of the ocean waters that cover over two-thirds of our planet. Okay, so you have a connection to dolphins. Is it so long and thanks for all the fish? What is the knowledge that they're telling us? Because that's what I'm, that's, I feel like, okay, maybe they have a higher knowledge to tell us. Maybe they can tell us something that will allow us to transcend the whole violent rioting cycle. Well, okay. So uh, 
uh, you are, I believe, entirely correct in what you have just said. They are, well, they, they, they serve two roles. The whale and the dolphin's role is slightly different. The dolphin is uh, the spirit of engagement, uh, of love, of contact. Uh, whales and dolphins are the only truly wild animal that will uh, seek uh, man's company for the sake of it. You know, you don't you don't get approached by a deer or a wolf coming up to say hi, 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 hi how are you? Uh, whereas cetaceans, not all of them, um, uh, actively seek out our company. They have been. Now hold on one second. Fish- I just want to I just want to say something right there because there are people out there yeah. in my audience and people who have said this to me in conversations. They said, "Yeah, man, but there are dolphins out there that get rapey, man." And 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 I I say, no, I there guess, are dolphins guess, yeah, out there that can what? That can what? And and I guess there are some crazy dolphins out there. There there are some upset dolphins out there, and and they were not raised well, but. I, I I feel like um, there maybe I I don't ugh, that's terrible <laughs> interspecies raping is horrible, but I'm saying like maybe they've gone fucking crazy because they're trying to, or maybe a portion of the fucking dolphins have gone fucking nuts because they're like these humans they're just destroying everything they 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 won't listen to us they well, just fucking well, they're, you they're know being, take pictures being, of us they're being driven completely mad by noise correct the i whole, mean uh, you know the, these are these are um, uh, the code, creatures the whole that code communicate thing, right? say again the movie the cove where they would they would make the fucking dolphins deaf by banging uh, on steel underwater like these steel tubes oh, the bang of the fucking dolphins yes the bang of yeah, yeah. I mean, while we're, I, the, we're, let, let's just hold that thought for a second and stay with, because I'd, I'd love to go back to that. Um, go for it. it. Has, so, so whales and dolphins, uh, dolphins in, in, in particular, because they tend to engage with man more than whales, quite simply because of size, apart from anything else. And, uh, and there aren't any freshwater whales, whereas there are quite a number of freshwater dolphins, which meant that on the riverbanks, uh, these exchanges uh, would take place frequently. And in what one might call modern history, going back to the Vedas in northern India, which I would consider to be our modern history of some 20,000 years standing, uh, the, the, the dolphin has uh, insinuated itself into our lives at regular uh, cyclical frequencies to bring uh, the next stage of self-understanding and self-knowledge and enlightenment to mankind. And it happens on a vaguely two to two and a bit thousand year cycle that appears to uh, mimic the procession of the equinoxes. So as we um, now are almost pretty well fully into Aquarius, uh, water being uh, a metaphor for uh, spirit, uh, where it's going to be poured over the earth, whales and dolphins are here again banging on the door for our attention, whilst at the same time for the last 500 years there has been a war against cetaceans in the form of whaling and every other sort of manner of making sure that we never get to hear their voice. Briefly, uh, my personal and intense experience with a particular whale which would lend credence to uh, this purpose of their being here 
is quite apart from the fact that I think the best way to describe them is multidimensional, i.e. they are able to come into our world and speak to us, uh, is they truly understand the nature of creation and the universe because uh, this particular whale's message to me was that um, she understood the nature of oneness with a capital O, which you know, the mo modern uh, quantum physics, for example, is starting to get a grip on that every single particle in the entire universe is interconnected simultaneously with every other particle in the universe at the same time. Now, for what we consider to be an animal, to understand that, of course, is beyond our, our, our ken because we're so arrogant. Uh, but for that animal to be able to communicate it is really quite stunning. And that is, that, that is what they are wishing to tell us now. And I'm sure that, you know, there are many, many people who have had the great good fortune to get into the water with a cetacean who get out and their lives have been changed in some way. And I think that the way in which people's lives can be changed by these experiences is um, to the extent that, of what they can handle, because they are immensely powerful. You know, they can kill us with sound in the blink of an eye, a touch of their fin. Uh, they, they are the most long-suffering, sentient being perhaps there has ever been, as uh, tens of millions of them have been sacrificed on the altar of our greed, uh, they're jumping out the water, um, bleeding from their orifices because uh, NATO and other navies are testing this ridiculous sonar underneath because they're so frightened that the enemy has built a stealth submarine that's going to come and destroy them first. They're being battered by boats. They're being poisoned. They're being bycatch and in fishing. I mean, I wonder what the 12,000 Chinese pelagic fishing boats do with their bycatch of cetaceans. I doubt they throw them back in because they'd be dead anyway. So this war on cetaceans is, to my mind, because it's the, um, you know, the, the, the world of interest I inhabit, quite simply the most diabolical and abhorrent human activity on Earth at the moment, because if we wipe them out, everything dies. But that is how important they are to us culturally, esoterically, um, spiritually, for want of another word, uh, aquaculturally. They control uh, um, a greater part of the oxygen in the world. When they die, they provide this huge um, environment around them for continuation. I mean, even their poo, for heaven's sake, is valuable. Whereas, you, you know, every other animal's poo is valuable except ours, really, because it's so toxic. But whale poo is, <laughs> is, is just the most amazing uh, giver of life to the oceans. I mean, we, we, are, we, right. we are really messing with God when we mess with whales. They are, uh, you know, the word for whale in, in a number of cultures is synonymous with God. And uh, the dolphin is known as the redeemer fish because it brings salvation. It brings salve to our hearts. It, they clear our heads. They give us the next stage of our self-understanding. And the dolphin at the moment, the dolphin is wishing to create this sort of huge wave to wash over us of, of self-understanding that they can deliver. 
and out in the deep ocean, the whales are there, you know, holding it all together. We're really fucking with deep shit when we come to mess with a whale. Oh, the, and the uh, best the thing that we've done, yeah. what's the best thing we've done recently? Which actually, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm slightly taking the piss out of it, but it makes me giggle is how, how to, you know, make a whale important outside of um, the opinion that I've just uh, offered. Uh, give it some value when it's alive. So a whale is now valued, I believe, at $2 million. So it's worth more in the sea than it is being dragged up the back end of a Japanese whaling ship because of the very things right. that I've just done. So the human brain can now say, oh, they're worth money. I understand that. Well, if that's how we get understanding, that's fine by me. But it just does make me laugh. That's the, the, the route that we choose to make that connection, money. Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's, in this society, you know, that, that's, that's money talk. So that's for everything. You know, you, you get them off oil if you can make them figure out, if you can figure out how to get, you know, electric monetized you know hopefully that's free but you can also monetize the fuck out of ganja hemp and they're figuring that out i mean you know hopefully hopefully we'll pull every everybody over to the light side of the force slowly but surely there's a there's a a correlation you know between uh whales and hemp uh really yes yeah definitely um a friend of mine uh, a late friend of mine, I get very whether he came up with this um, saying or not, I don't know. He said, hemp will help us, love will save us. And the, 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 the connection is this, that if we stop this ridiculous notion of hemp being prescribed, because if you smoke an entire 40-acre field of it, you still won't get stoned, and go back to the old days when it was quite simply the most essential crop that anyone grew. In fact, in Elizabethan times, you were fined in this country if you didn't turn over a portion of your land to growing hemp. It was so important. Yeah, if, we replace, if we replace everything that is made out of fossil fuel, amongst other things, and medicine with hemp and hemp-derived products, we stop pouring all the fucking shit into the sea because the real problem that we're facing is pollution. We're all, you know, well, there's this whole carbon dioxide thing. I'm afraid, you know, shoot me down in flames. What a load of hogwash. Carbon dioxide is essential to growth. Uh, there's something else going on and it's particulates. It's pollution, pollution in the rivers, pollution on the land. I mean, the land, I don't know about the prairies in America. I think you can kiss them goodbye. But, you know, land in this country that used to once be so rich and fantastic, being utterly denuded by uh, sprays and fertilizers. I mean, these people are criminals. They're fucking criminals. And they're doing it legally. And that is corporation. Because corporations have got governments by the balls. Yeah. Yeah. I can't quite... Who do you think... Let's have... Let's have who who do you think is the most or what is the the most iniquitous corporation on on earth we've got choices where would you put, who would be your top three what be your top three right well it's like they say six companies own everything right six is um, it 
Yeah. I mean, right now I want to hone in on the most money. Can I just can I just can ask I, you a quick question? Um, uh, do yeah. you do you edit do you edit this a, a bit? Because I have to take a, a two minute break for a second. Um, go take a break, man. I'll, I'll I do edit. Go for okay. it. You got a pee? Um, but I'll, I I won't put the phone down. But you've just got to give me two minutes. Go for it. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll buy us some time. You know what's really exciting is I'm I'm gonna go I'm getting my own network I don't wanna I'm not my own network I'm getting put on a network you know we're getting legitimized here people the 40 experience is getting legitimized all this time oh man finally I'm not gonna mention any names I'm not gonna until it's all clear and then you'll know what network I'm on but. Um, yeah, this is going to be a thing. They're going back to all the previous episodes. They're knock on wood. They're making room for all of the uh, the uh, commercials. People are going to buy ads. Yeah, I think that's cool, man. I'm also going to start doing a live show. I think we're doing a live show June 20th, if this episode comes out before then. Um, June 20th, I'm doing a live show. Um, and that should be fun. I'm going to do a regular show, maybe once a month, twice, twice a month, just the wacky antics, the wacky Fogler antics. And we'll have, you know, surprise guests. I'm trying to, you know, it's, it'll be like a, um, talk show format. Basically we'll have a guest and then another guest and, and, uh, you'll have the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, a at home talk show, you know, to zoom in the crap out of everybody. I don't know what they're going to be on Zoom. People just keep on saying, "Be careful of Zoom, man." They know everything. As soon as you put your face in front of that camera, it zooms right into your freaking retina, man. It scans it. Next thing you know, there's a person that's in China that is starting to download your DNA from your face man. And then the next thing you know, there's someone in China that vaguely looks like you. And then they start to look more and more like you until they are you. And I feel really sorry for anybody out whatever there. Whatever you're on, whatever you whatever you have, <laughs> I want to <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel sorry for anybody out there that gets my DNA scans because those those poor Chinese people are going to get very, very hairy. So let me tell you, um, where were we? What were we talking about? I want to talk uh, about. Um, we were talking well, about corporations, but we don't have to. Yeah, whatever. People, people understand. I think they're exactly. I think people are out in the streets and they're getting their fucking, they're getting their anger out on corporations right now. That's. The, I think mm. people understand that. That's that's the issue. And that's really that's such a that's a very third dimensional issue, um, yes. and I'm trying to uh, trying to transcend that. I'm trying to help people see things outside of the box. So can yeah. we delve deeper into um, the astral projection realm? Because as I remember it. Uh, the story with the when you went down into the ocean and and, and had your telepathic connection with the the whale pod, uh, and you 
you came back and the the Aborigine uh, gentlemen on the the beach that were partying there said, "Hey man, yeah, we saw you." We saw yeah. your, your spirit. It was an orange orb, and it shot out of the tent, and it went down to the ocean. Okay. That's true. That was the moment when an intensely personal experience that I could have just made up on the spot with a very vivid imagination and uh, some help that I didn't have at the time uh, then, then really uh, hit me right, right between the eyes and in the solar plexus, yes. Yeah, I mean, okay, so, okay, so he said your your astral form looked like an orange orb. That's what I it was. It was beautiful. Right. Okay. That's what I so was. Orange. Okay. Have you ever have you had any more orange orb experiences? And then I'll tell you an interesting orb story that I witnessed. Uh, I did have another. Um, that was not uh, witnessed firsthand, but I got good feedback on, again, from um, uh, uh, a Native American. Um, I was um, pulled up out of my body. I was in uh, Malibu, actually, uh, Coral Canyon, um, and at night, and it was okay. taken to this fantastic uh, mountain scene where... Uh, I landed in the shivering cold outside this long, low, barn-like building. I mean, right, right up, right up in the, above the snow line. And uh, when I got there, I could tell that there was a hubbub going on in in the building. And this, uh, again, this being very similar to the one that I'd had the the, the slab experience with, uh, came out and took me by the hand and brought me into the building. What's you, what which being look like? Uh, uh, very tall, uh, brown colour, um, le- very leggy, I would describe him as. Uh, and this was a him, had three fingers and a thumb, uh, two fingers and a thumb as a hand. Uh, so anyway, I go into the building and in the building are, I mean, it sounds like something out of the, you know, the bar scenes in Star Wars. I mean, they weren't quite so colourful and outrageous, but inside this place were... A, a, a great group of beings, humans, humanoids, whatever, uh, basically having a party. I mean, sitting down and eating. And uh, uh, I thought, well, you know, goody, food's up. Uh, but actually, I was taken slightly to one side of it all, um, where there was uh, a man wearing a cloak across his chest or crossed across his chest. He had one eye in the middle of his forehead and he looked at me and he said, everything you need to know, you'll know in 15 minutes. And then I was taken outside and whoosh, I'm back in my bed. However, while he was saying this to me, a tray of food went, was carried past me into which I dipped a finger. At the moment I woke up, as, as you do when uh, these things just finish, um, I lit, licked my finger. It tasted of lemon curd. So that kind of, that, that gave me a bit of a a feeling of the re, of the reality of it. And of course, the first thing I did was look at my watch and timed fifteen minutes, and absolutely nothing happened. And then some weeks later, the chronology is uh, the experience is clear. The chronology is starting to get a bit muddled. But some weeks later. Uh, I went 
to uh, Australia to go down to South Australia and start uh, sort of prepping the land with um, some indigenous friends of mine before having this gathering um, in 1998 on the Nullarbor Plain. And uh, we went to this place where uh, the original whale story comes from, or the second part of it, where the whale described the nature of oneness, um, down to this extraordinary uh, <laughs> centre of, of, of activity, which is uh, on, on the, halfway down the cliffs of the Nullarbor in this particular place, where you sit on a limestone uh, terrace, as it were, in a limestone seat that's been formed by the elements. And when I sat in it, the entire world was, you know, under my butt. It's very hard to describe, but it seemed to me that this was the final uh, nexus or plexus of every energy line on earth under this seat. And uh, a mother appeared with her baby right whale and uh, left him staring at me about 30, 30 yards away. He can't be more than about 10 days old. And he then proceeded to dance to me. And when I say that, what he did, he would jump in and out of the water. Uh, not, not, not huge jumps, but you, you know, he'd, he'd jump out and go back in head first. And every time he came out, he'd fix me with one of his eyes. And I shit you not, he did it for exactly 15 minutes. Whoa, whoa. So that was okay. another. That wow. was sort of another strange, strange experience. Connector. Yeah. Do you remember some of the um, the other entities in the dream with all of the like? You remember the guy with the third eye? Like, what was like? What was the weirdest? Uh, well, the, the weird, the weirdest part of that was to have. And out of I mean, both both major out of body experiences that uh, you know, one taking place in South Australia and the other one in America, uh, within a short time scale afterwards, were uh, revealed in full physical form. So the first one was, uh, you know, this whale coming out of the water and roaring, and in that roar, uh, information past and uh, if your listeners are clued up they'll say well how can a whale roar when they don't have vocal cords i have no idea but it was loud enough to blow us off our feet and then after the experience in what i subsequently discovered was the teton mountains i then had this physical experience as was given in the outer body experience um, a, a few weeks beforehand. So those, those are really the, you know, those are the things that really touched me. So it wasn't just a figment. Something really did happen. If that makes sense. Okay, so... No, it does. Uh, yeah. So let me tell you my orb experience. Um, your, your orb, orb, did you say? Yeah, because I, yeah. I feel like there's something to that where if you are able to control your astral projections, that when you die, that you 
are this, you know, orb. People say they see they see different orbs, you know, on these ghost shows or whatever. And I think that like ascended masters that you talk about rainbow light body, you talk about you know, um there's certain uh like uh Native American prophecies of star beings and and I feel like there's something to that where when you when you go to the next level and you're able and you're a master of your energy mm-hmm. that you can come and go in this orb form. Now that that certainly may be going on and but I, and, and, and also maybe there are orbs out there which are also, you know, um you know, very futuristic technology. Um, I have no idea. But this is my orb story. And let me know if it resonates with you. So I'm in Atlanta and I'm working on the Walking Dead show and I'm with this girl, it's like midnight and we're smoking a joint and we're talking about this kind of stuff, you know, UFOs, uh, meditation, Kundalini. Um, she was saying that when she um meditates deeply and, and, and go she um she sometimes sees these lion faces or uh uh humanoid lion beings, you know. And then as she's telling me this she opens her eyes and she looks up over my head and she goes, Oh my God and I turn around you know and I'm expecting to see like I'm expecting to see like a, a crazy lion being, you know, in the sky like Mufasa. No, it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking this orb, this uh aquamarine orb that was just floating just one above the that tree. There was just one. Right. Uh floating above the tree line and it was kind of like, "Oh, were you talking about me?" you know? And mm. it, we were looking at it. She said that it came from all the way out of space at a tremendous speed, you know, so that in the, the the second that it turned, that it took for me to turn around, that it traveled a tremendous distance. Yeah. And then it disappeared behind the tree line. And the two of us were just dumbfounded. And so I've been trying to figure out what that is, what that was ever since. And I kind of looked into it and I actually found out that there, um, uh, Syrians, or uh, maybe it is, it's also from Sirius, or so I don't know what it's like, but there are some kind of, you know, supposedly there are some kind of alien um, cat beings that are associated with those fucking orbs, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, or, or, or orbs are. Um, uh, are, are everywhere. A, a friend of mine sent me a video of three bouncing backwards and forwards across his ceiling the other day. And he is not, oh, you know, he is not, he, he is not prone to exaggeration. And they were also aquamarine, bright aquamarine. Oh, Sirius is fascinating. And, and so the Pleiades. Um, and you can always find the Pleiades because Orion points the three stars in the belt point directly at the seven sisters of the Pleiades. Now, all all Australian creation stories, both inland and around the coast, uh, they they were Pleiadian, you know, the 
the seven sisters of the Pleiades came down and instructed uh, various animal archetypes to create life, one of which was a whale. Okay, so, I mean, where do we go with this? So, okay, let's talk about the my cost my you just reminded me of a Costa Rican uh thing that I forgot about where I was um sleeping in Costa Rica very deeply and I was on like a full like um you know fast cleansed very very fucking like totally very clear you know um yeah. and probably for the first time in my life and I was sleeping and then I felt a presence over me and I looked up and they, I just realized I remember they there were little tiny orbs. They were fucking tiny, but there were many of them just kind of floating mm. inside. They they uh, they were outside of the mosquito net, and they just kind of came inside over me. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And uh, and they were there, and I rubbed my eyes several times, and then uh, I was like, "Okay, these things are here." Uh, and then I went to go put my hand up to, to touch them, and then they they disappeared. But um, so you just reminded me of that. Uh, that was crazy. The other thing is my Palladian dream. Um, you want to hear this crazy dream I had? I do, particularly if it's Palladian. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was. That that's what that's what I had. That you know, I mean, I, I, everything else that I've everything else has been one hundred percent correct. Why not this? So uh, so. I had this dream back around the time that I had that 2012, uh, you know, awakening, um, the whole serious B thing, uh, where I had this extremely vivid dream, extremely vivid. Um, and check this out. So I'm sleeping and I'm, I'm having a, I'm flying, I'm having a flying dream. And, um, I, uh, I'm suddenly on a spaceship, a very sleek, but extremely high tech spaceship. And I look over and I see this guy, um, in all, all in white. And he's got, you know, blonde hair, like all, like almost white hair. He's like fucking bright blue, blue eyes. eyes, but a fucking, uh, giant. Okay. And the guy who's like, uh, got to be like nine feet tall and he's talking to some other could have been a robot or something i don't know or an organic robot or something i don't know what the fuck he was talking to but that's who was steering the ship it was just him and this other entity and he was just like talking to the entities and he was like basically like saying to the entity like all right we're gonna go here now follow the map and then he turns around and he sees me there and he's like whoa what are you doing here and he's talking to me like i'm nine feet tall i was like wow i I don't feel any, I don't feel like, cause you know, I, I'm like, I don't feel any kind of like this hey, guy's a giant and I'm scared. Yeah. Right. No, well, he, he was almost like, Whoa, where, where'd you come from? The, we got a stowaway. That's what he was like, acting like. And he was like, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I got here. Fuck it. I feel like I was, I was like having a flying, like astral projection dream. And then this guy's uh, ship came by and I just fucking somehow phased into it or something. I don't fucking know. So he's, he goes, let me show you around. And I go, okay. And he's like, 
he's yeah, he's like a nine foot tall Aryan giant, but uh, he's like he's like so down to earth, right? <laughs> and I'm just he's just like, hey, let me show you something. I'm very curious because you kind of came here out of nowhere, and he shows me this holographic floating kind of um, electric uh, chalkboard, you know, that you can like write with your finger, you know. That and will be the flu flux is... capacitor. <laughs> wait, wait, are you wait? Hold on, wait, what, what? Wait, are you making oh, that up? I am, yes. There's a wonderful okay. uh, line, isn't it? And turn on the flu flux capacitors. The flu flux. Oh, that sounds like part of the future to me. It's uh, what was it? Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, Rocky Horror Show. Can I see? Oh, Rocky Horror yeah. Show talks about Comes the flu the flux Rocky capacitors. Horror. Turn on the flu flux capacitors. <laughs> That is Sorry, hilarious. I interrupted. I spoiled. No, not at all. Yeah. This, uh, I mean, yeah, but whatever. But the so right before before my eyes is a floating, basically uh, chalkboard with electric letters and numbers floating before me, like I could walk around it. And he's like, "Does this make any sense to you?" And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm kind of like, I go, "Oh, okay, I get it." And he goes, "You do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the life equation. This is the equation for life. And he goes, "Oh my God." He, well, I don't know. We the oh, he says, "Oh my God," but the equivalent to that. And he says, uh, "Okay. Um, well, do you do you think that you could you know bring that back to everybody?" I said, "What are you fucking crazy? I got I got I got to remember this when I wake up." And then he and then I start laughing, and then he starts laughing. And he just shrugs his shoulder. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You know? And then he like pats me on the shoulder. And then I woke up. And now I didn't wake up groggy like I was in a deep sleep. I woke up like I was just fucking there laughing with the guy. Laughing. Mm. I woke up laughing. And my wife like is next to me and just like, what are you fucking laughing at? And I was just like, I just had the craziest dreams. You ever had an experience like that with Palladian? No, I can't say I, I can't say that I have. I'm not aware of having uh, gone off in a spaceship. But I, but I, I, I I've, I've definitely met uh, a Pleiadian. I think I mentioned way back when we uh, first uh, started talking. Um, really? That, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I did because I, I, I mentioned that um, uh, I remember a, a, a being very clearly getting me out of a lot of danger. Okay, okay, and that was a Pleiadian. So, so what? So, what did they look like? What, what was their deal? Well, very there? similar, the very thing? tall, very tall. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my description of the white <laughs> would be a golden white. And okay. uh, it, fine, fine, this was this was on Earth as opposed to um, up in a ship. So, I think gravity uh, very heavily affected uh, his ability to be down here. But he got us out of a, a really deep hole. I mean, very briefly. You know, sitting around a campfire, uh, I think there are four or five of us uh, in South Australia, and you know we just had supper. It was dark, and you know having a chat before going to bed. When uh, a, 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 a very malevolent—I can never say that word—malevolent, malevolent, 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 yeah, malevolent. Yeah, we could spend hours doing this bad, when a very bad energy um, uh, shooting star or meteor uh, came over our heads 
And as it, as, as it passed, the whole fire went down uh, uh, and the temperature of the air dropped by many degrees. We all became very frightened. Uh, I picked up a stick and, strangely enough, started barking like a dog. Uh, the camp cook oh. was going crazy. And then we heard these tapping noises on our clothing. And I said to the uh, chap we with, you know, what the fuck is going on? And he said, we are having the bone pointed at us. So there were uh, um, dark shaman uh, elsewhere in the bush who were actually pointing a bone at us and, and, and sending spells at us that we were hearing hitting our clothing. And as the situation deteriorated Whoa. to the point where we might have even attacked one another, the being came down and stood absolutely bang next to me. And uh, everything dissipated. The fire came up. All the nonsense stopped. And after he departed, uh, a, a fire serpent came straight through the middle of the camp and through the middle of the fire and, uh, and set the fire ablaze again. So, I mean, this is a, a wriggly entity that looks like a, a wriggling snake that, that, that shot through the middle of the camp at about one foot above the, above the ground and through the fire to kind of seal off what had happened. Who said that? That silenced you. I've never heard such a pause. <laughs> who said who said, Who sent the fire dragon? Was that the shamans? Or uh, the, the, the fire, no, the fire serpent is a is, is a known uh, en entity in in indigenous uh, tradition. You know, it's a, a okay. very important part of uh, of creation. What I I'd heard about them, and I'd see I'd, actually, funny enough, I'd seen one carved in a rock uh, in a in a some of the oldest rocks extant on Earth. There is one. It's only about a foot long. And uh, sure enough, a few days later, I see one for real, having not quite realized what it was. There's so, I mean, you know, we're magic. The whole thing is magic. The whole of creation is magic. You know, it, it, and, and this is what is being suppressed in us, you know, with disgusting poisonous food, um, booze, booze and alcohol, fags, drugs, medicine, pollutants, you know. Our, our, we, we do everything without any regard for anything else. And, you know, it's interesting that we're still able to have these experiences, even though, and, you know, let's be honest, our bodies are pretty toxic. And yet the magic yeah. is still there because clarity does bring vision. You know, there, there, there is no doubt that, uh, you know, being clear of body in particular, I mean, clear of body turns everything else on. And it's very, very hard to do in the West, to be honest. It's also very expensive. I mean, if you want to go and have a clean out in the West, you spend thousands and thousands of pounds going to a very comfortable place in the sun where you drink juices and have a cozy bed and you're massaged and you feel all lovely and lose a bit of weight. But that's not, that's not deep down cleansing. In fact, when, when we um, have a talk on the telephone, um, I'm not going to do it here, uh, but I do have a proposition for you. Oh God! Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we do. We got. We got. Because there's a there's a there's a plan that again I don't want to talk to you now. That I mooted 
when uh, when we met that has taken jerky. I've always remembered that we had this conversation and that you want to do it and we want to do it. And it has moved closer. And now that you're in England and you're a captive audience, uh, I need to come and uh, I need to come and seek you out and sit down with you. Is it time travel? <laughs> what? Is that a spell I need to learn? That was my Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Oh, uh, Back to the Future. Do you know, I don't think I've ever seen Back to the Futures. Oh, man. You They're supposed to, to be it. very on it. They're supposed to be really on it. As, uh, it as metaphors and uh, what have you. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. More and more. Yeah. I realize there's a lot to be... Uh, gleaned from that movie. And well, course, Hollywood is the mouthpiece. I guess. Yeah, Hollywood is the mouthpiece. And there's, there's, there might be some herpes sores on that mouth. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, so let me see here. Okay. You know anything about your Aborigine friends? Because I am and your Native American friends. I am obsessed with the moon and the idea of, like I, I wrote a whole comic book series, like Moon Lake and Kubrick and, you know, and, you know, the whole, everything I feel like is connected. And the moon is such a huge centerpiece of all of it. And do you know, did they ever talk about the time before the moon? Uh, I know there are stories, but uh, the the the, per- the the very man who I probably probably said this when we when we first spoke in New York, uh, the the man who first uh, Indigenous Australian man I met was uh, a, a, a moon dreaming. He, his his culture, his family was to maintain. Uh, the moon dream stories and my favorite of his is that every molecule of water on earth has been out to the moon and round the back of the moon and back here and there is some scientific proof for this and he said that is why the waters rise to the moon and fall away from the moon in this rhythm because the water is going to meet its lover and then retreats, and then goes to meet its lover and retreats. And I thought that was utterly beautiful. It is beautiful. Utterly beautiful. I like to. Uh, I, I feel. <laughs> I feel like. Um, I feel like the moon is just so mysterious. Just there's just so much yeah. about it. Like. The, yeah. The the relation the rate the orbiting relationship it has with us the fact that we never see the other side of it. You know, the, there'd be land there, you know, all, you know, yeah. all, all and, it, bl- and it, 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 it blanks out the sun precisely drawing an eclipse. So the, the, yeah. the geometrical mathematics of the relationship between sun, moon and earth, uh, I mean, certainly beyond my ken, but I'm sure they're wonderfully com- complex and uh, 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 feasible. Well, it's almost like. It's almost like, you know, in the dark crystal, Agra's, you know, galaxy clock, you know, her her her, her solar system clock, 
a great conjunction where it's like it's like a a machine, you know. It's it's too perfect how it how it blocks out the sun. It would almost have well, to NASA fired a fired yeah. a rocket at the moon and it rang like a bell. Yeah, it was it was suggesting hollow. that it's metallic and hollow. No doubt, no, yeah. doubt China, no doubt the Chinese want to go and mine it for something in the near future. Just as I, I read the other day, and these are the sorts of things that get uh, pushed under the radar because of the diversions that are going on at the moment. The Chinese are sending a, a, a babyscape down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench uh, because there are lots of minerals down there they want to go and mine. Get okay. fuck out. What gives them the right, apart from anything else? I mean, can you imagine the damage that this is going to do so deep into the mantle of the earth, quite apart from the fact that it's unnecessary? I marvel. I marvel. Yeah. I mean, the British Empire was the same in its day. The American Empire has been the same, and we're looking at the new Eastern Empire, uh, and it's just utterly rapacious and beyond belief. It's just extraordinary. Mining the bottom of the sea. Quite, quite extraordinary. Anyway, sorry, we yeah. don't I just wanted no, to No, it's all very... Own, you know, watch it's all these very people. people. It's all very just watch these people. Yeah. Um, um, the moon, though. The moon, this. I... Yeah. Sorry. We ought, we ought to do this again, I think. Uh, but most of all, yeah. I, want to, I really want to come and see you. Yeah, man, I, you, we should do it live, and and I think that uh, we will. We'll figure it out. Um, I think that I would love to keep having you on the show, man. I think that you are you're you're a you're good at it, and and b you're you know very interesting, and c like you have like we haven't even touched on all the stories. It's, it's, no, and you and I, you and I met for you and I met for. A, serious purpose that we've yet to uh, undertake, although I have an inkling that I know what it is. Yeah, I feel, I, I'm, I feel like all of these, obviously all of these, all of these meetings with not just you, but a lot of people, the synchronicities, mm. the synchronicities um, it's for a reason. So, you know, I've just been saying, uh, I've just been trying to, you know, maintain positive vibes about everything and there's no other way to be actually there's no other way to be how blessed are we to live in the most ridiculous extraordinary remarkable insane time that has probably ever been on earth for conscious yeah, sentient like, beings you know, I mean we, 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 this is extraordinary it's quite it extraordinary. Right. We're, like here. It's, We're here to witness. I feel like it's just getting revved up. Getting warming like up. The next, the next five years are going to look because look, look at it, look at it just from month to month. First, first it was COVID. Now it's riots. You know what's the next chapter? And the next chapter mm-hmm. is just going to be like that. And and when they they said the elders said that when 2012 happened. That all of these synchronicities, all of these things, these um, time is just going to keep on revving up and revving up and speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. 
And it, that's what it seems like. It just seems like um, we're we're speeding towards something, and then we're going to have hopefully peace, um, some kind of uh, time well, of meditation. The act, yeah, well, the Acts of the Apostles and the Book of Revelation are, are, are very clear. I mean, bearing in mind that 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 you know the powers that be to to them. Uh, they, they are the instruction books. So, uh, the how can I put it? The the forward projection of what it takes to move from um, base sleep into uh, enlightened awakeness is written in those books as to what has to happen to get us there. They are the instruction books. They're not. They're not prophecies per se. They're saying this is what you will be, you know, forged on the anvil of fire, as it were, to get to the other side. And it, it's really down to us how intense we make all of that. I mean, the threat of war um, through greed, of course, is ever present. Never understood war. Never understood it. But most of all. Well, the war that we're waging is, money. On, is, is on the earth. Is on the earth. That's the that's the real uh, thing we've got to be paying attention to because that's what will be the end of us if we don't get it right. And is it our, you know it's not it's not our business to destroy this earth. Whoever gave us the whoever gave us the right to pull this extraordinary fabric of creation apart. Nobody. We've taken it upon ourselves. Napier. Napier, we've got to have you back you. on, pal. Yeah, I'm coming to you. You're coming you. to see me right now? Uh, Are you at the door? At, no, no, door, not right now. I'm not getting on a train <laughs> right now. But uh, when, do you, when, do you, when do you think you're going to be back at work? They're saying July, pal. That's what the rumor is. Fuck. Okay. When you want to come and visit, you have to wear a hazmat suit <laughs> with a with Warner Brothers label on it. <laughs> uh, what with that with that great big bulbous ventilator on the back? Funnily enough, yeah, I, went I, to an office, uh, I live near Salisbury, and uh, you you may recall we had this uh, uh, poisoning affair a couple of years ago, where two wow. Russian uh, secret secret agents were supposed to have gone and put this terrible uh, toxic stuff on the former Russian spy's door handle. You remember that? Did you, oh, you did that God, come across right. your bowels? Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, my yeah. osteopath, my osteopath place is in a street where um, sometime shortly after somebody posted uh, a, an envelope full of talcum powder through somebody's doorstep. So that's uh, through uh, somebody's door, door slot. So, all the hazmats and the police turn up, you see, to deal with, deal with the talcum powder because they know what it is. And uh, right, right. So he's, con- he's confined to his uh, treatment room and told that if he leaves, he won't be allowed to come back. So he sits there and thinks, well, I'm not going to go home. Uh, and there's a knock on the door. And there is a man in full hazmat saying, do you happen to have a lavatory? And... Uh, my friend says, "Yeah, sure." So then, yeah, yeah. So so it then turns out, so news gets out. It's the only house that's open, and there's a lavatory. 
And it's, you know, the stupidness of it suddenly occurred to me. So in the hazmat suit, that uh, could be covered in some sort of toxicity, knocking at a door yeah. saying, can I have a pee? So the whole, th- the whole thing is just a complete mirage. It's like an SNL sketch. I know. It just, it, just, it just really tickled me that, you know, turning out all pumped up, full of air, ventilator going, saying, can I have a pee, please? Well, what if I touch you? What if you touch anything? Surely you might have Novichok on you. Oh, no, no. I'm in a closed system, but can I whip out my dick in your house? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Insane. Okay. I have completely insane. On that note, I have to wrap this up because my my wife shares this line for her business. Sure. (laughs) I'm squatting on her line. Uh, So, what's uh, a good time? I'm going to ring you tomorrow and uh, make a date to come and see you. I'm going to make a date to come and see you. Yeah. Man, thank you for coming on the show. You are. Oh, uh, guys, so lovely. You may be. I think you may be, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a huge uh, link to how we may be able to save our planet, maybe. Well, thank you very much. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, I know it's a lot of responsibility. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> uh, hello, it's me today. I'm the one today. I'm here to save you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, fantastic. No. Okay, listen, many blessings, lots of love. Talk to you soon. I'll call you tomorrow. You too, buddy. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.